You're listening to Inside DOI, a podcast dedicated to exposing municipal corruption. Produced through the Department of Investigation, the Independent Inspector General for New York City. Established in 1873, we are one of the oldest law enforcement agencies in the country. These podcasts will provide a glimpse into some of the anti-corruption investigations conducted by DOI and the corruption challenges New York City faces. I'm Chris Burke. A core responsibility of government is to serve and protect its people. The agency here in New York City that is charged with providing public assistance to those that are less fortunate than others is the Human Resources Administration, or the HRA for short. DOI launched an investigation that ultimately uncovered over $2 million in theft of public funds involving employees from HRA and their co-conspirators. On this podcast, we're going to speak with the DOI team that worked on this complex case, along with the DOI commissioner, Mark Peters, and the HRA commissioner, Stephen Banks, and ask them about the importance of agency partnership and some of the positive reforms that have emerged from this investigation. I'm Susan Lambiazzi. I'm Special Associate Commissioner at DOI. I'm responsible for overseeing social services agencies, including HRA, the Human Resources Administration. My name is Milton Yu. I'm the Inspector General for the New York City Human Resources Administration. As the Inspector General for HRA, it's my responsibility and my team's responsibility to really oversee the, uh, the fraud and, and corruption investigations involving HRA employees and, for that matter, uh, anybody who receives funds from the city or from HRA, including uh, vendors and such. It's very important that DOI ferret out city employees who are committing crimes and utilizing taxpayer funds for their own benefit, lining their own pockets and their friends' and family's pockets. When they utilize their access to databases that they are privileged to have access to because of their employment with the city, they are breaching public trust, they are violating the law, and they are violating the higher standards of integrity that we want to hold our city employees to. And it serves as a model for others that we will not tolerate it. By way of comparison to other New York City agencies, HRA is the third largest city agency. HRA employs well over 14,000 employees and handles upwards of $9 billion a year in public assistance funds. We issued a report in December of 2015 about a number of different cases that DOI investigated um, and that the Inspector General for uh, HRA investigated and prosecuted. Some of them came to us from complaints from the public. Some of them came from HRA um, because they saw some odd information connecting particular employees to potential public assistance client fraud. And Milton and his teams were able to successfully investigate these cases. And we would run as much information as we could obtain about that employee, about those individuals. We try to find connections between them. Um, Sometimes that's cell phone records. Sometimes that's relationships that we find through social media. Somebody's related to somebody else. Um, Who else are city employees and what do we know about them? There's all sorts of surveillance that we can do. And we can interview 
witnesses to start putting these connections together. We have a lead investigator who took one of these cases, put up a map on the wall with all the different individuals, and really every day just filled it in more and more and more, mapping this case together, much as you'd see like on a television cop show. And ultimately, we had several theories of the cases, and when we started interviewing individuals, those theories started to prove out that we were right. The main subject of that investigation is Harry Fletcher. Harry Fletcher was an eligibility specialist who worked out of a uh, SNAP center in the Bronx. As an eligibility specialist, his primary job was to determine uh, whether or not individual applicants for food stamps was eligible, actually, to receive food stamps. As an eligibility specialist, he wields considerable power and authority in determining who gets uh, benefits and, and who doesn't. I mean, that's the nature of his, of his job. If he were to do his job legitimately, he would follow certain protocols in terms of eligibility determination. In this case, he did not. And the only criteria that he had for determining eligibility was how much money were you going to pay to him? And what he did then was to submit essentially fraudulent applications of uh, his his customers um, and ensure that it went through the system and ensure that every six months or so when it was time for recertification that he would handle the recertification and which would allow uh, his customers to continue receiving food stamps or, or SNAP benefits. Harry Fletcher recruited friends and family to go out into his neighborhood to find folks who might be full-time employees working, making good salaries, uh, supporting their families. In other words, ineligible for public benefits from HRA, recruiting them to get benefits that they would kick a piece back to Harry Fletcher, a piece back to the recruiter, and they would get some money that they weren't entitled to. One individual we found was a, uh, a UPS employee. Uh, this individual earned, uh, you know, upwards of eighty to ninety thousand dollars a year, and owned uh, not one but two properties—one actually in New York City and, and one in Yonkers. So these were individuals who clearly, by their employment and uh, residence, are ineligible, but who nonetheless wanted the extra benefits that this individual could provide. We had one case, which we called the Jamaica 54 case, because it stemmed out of one of the HRA centers called Jamaica 54, where an employee, Ms. Watson Jackson, had recruiters, like we talked about in um, the Fletcher case. She had recruiters who lined people up to get SNAP benefits, food stamp benefits that they weren't eligible for. In order to utilize SNAP benefits, HRA loads them onto a card. And that card, if it's SNAP benefits, can only be used for food purchases, food, baby formula. There are certain things that were permissible. You could not turn that into cash. So it's really interesting. Why would somebody want to download a lot of money onto these cards if all they can get is food? Well, there were two parts to those operations. In this case that we're talking about with Ms. Watson-Jackson, the HRA employee, one of her recruiters went to BJ's Wholesale Club with many different SNAP cards, and he bought, over the course of time, over $100,000 worth of Red Bull, the energy drink, using SNAP benefits, using many different types of cards, even in one transaction. I can imagine this individual walking out of the wholesale club with pallets of, of Red Bull 
stacked and exiting the store and paid for by SNAP benefits. Uh, I mean, just the, the, the picture that you see in, in your head is, is, is clearly absurd, but nonetheless, it, it happened. It happened to the tune of $100,000 worth of Red Bull within a span of five months. We were able to trace it. We were able to identify this individual. And our understanding is that once he bought large quantities of Red Bull, he would go to different neighborhood grocery stores, um, local bodegas, corner shops, and sell it for a cheaper price than they would buy from some other place. So... You'd buy bulk baby formula, diapers, Red Bull, things like that, and sell them elsewhere. That's how they would make profits. With every investigation we conduct, we, we learn from it. Um, so with this investigation, we are learning the patterns of criminal conduct. We're learning the, the schemes that people employ to defraud the government, to defraud the taxpayers. With each investigation, that's informing us and making us better investigators. We sat down with two DOI frontline investigators, Octavia Hill and Christos Helos, to hear from them about some of the casework that they do in public assistance fraud. My name is Octavia Hill, and I'm an assistant inspector general. I am responsible for investigating allegations of fraud and corruption within the New York City Human Resources Administration. My name is Christos Hilas. I'm an assistant inspector general. I've been investigating public assistance fraud cases here at DOI for a little over four years now. The person who is affected by fraud is an innocent client whose card has been compromised. Last year, a woman came to my office and she complained about how certain benefits that were being uploaded onto her card were being taken away without her permission and she had no idea what was going on because the money is no longer there and they have to wait for an investigation to have the money um, added to their account again. So they are out of those funds for a period of time. In some instances, it could be up to a month, although a month doesn't really sound like a, a long period of time. It is for a person who generally does not have food to feed their family. In the end, we did find out that someone else, without her permission, was using her card and through this tip, we actually found a bigger scheme where it involved an HRA employee and this individual, and it involved 125 different EBT cards. The thing that surprises me the most with these cases is that HRA employees don't stop issuing fraudulent benefits after one time, after two times, after three times. In my experience, I've had cases where HRA employees have issued benefits for five to six years, and they believe that they would never get caught. And when we talk with these individuals, they just look shocked when we actually know what they've done and the amount of evidence that we compile against them. They just can't believe it. At the end of the day, I want to catch the bad guys. It's tough for me when I hear people who actually need those food stamps that come to me and tell me, hey, I really need this money, but it's not on my card anymore and I just don't know what happened to it and I really need to buy food this month for my family. So... Why is it so important for DOI and HRA to work together? We sat down with DOI Commissioner Mark Peters and HRA Commissioner Stephen Banks and asked them that very question. My name is Stephen Banks. I'm the Commissioner of the New York City Department of Social Services, which includes the Human Resources Administration. Our agency has 14,000 employees, and the vast, vast majority of those employees come to our agency to give people a helping hand, and they're honest, hardworking people. But like in any area in life, there are people that seek to take advantage of systems, and uh, the fraud that 
DOI and HRA focused on during that period of time was actions by workers to circumvent the systems and issue benefits to themselves, their friends, or others. Typical pattern that we see is not the denial of benefits to people in need, but the diversion of benefits that we have in our programs uh, that otherwise would help people in need. The people who benefit from HRA programs are entitled to that assistance, and so they do receive it, but it does uh, undermine public confidence and the confidence of our clients when we have uh, individuals who are profiting from their position of authority. I'm Mark Peters. I'm the commissioner of the Department of Investigation, the inspector general for the city of New York. And so it's my job to set overall policy for the Department of Investigation and to overall supervise the various investigations that we undertake as the city's inspector general. HRA is doing some of the most important work in New York City. It is providing benefits, frankly, a lifeline to New Yorkers. The partnership between HRA and DOI has been remarkably effective over the past um, 18 months to two years. We now have a DOI-HRA data analytics group with people from both agencies because part of the way that we've been able to identify um, the fraud that we found and the criminal activity that we found is because HRA saw suspicious activity they brought that to DOI, we were able to then use both traditional investigative techniques as well as sophisticated data analytics to put together cases um, that resulted both in arrests and in eliminating certain benefits fraud. And so it's that partnership between the two agencies that's allowing us to do this work and to make sure that HRA can continue to function in the most honest, effective way possible. The partnership is one of identifying misconduct and ensuring that we root it out, but it's also a partnership that involves taking a look at the reforms that we're implementing to make sure that all of the integrity checks are in place. There's a, a relationship between reforming the provision of benefits to ensure that clients get them, and at the same time, providing protections to make sure that fraud doesn't occur. So it's a partnership that works uh, as part of our overall improvement of services, in addition to a law enforcement partnership. I think Steve's making an important point here. The visible part of corruption prevention is when we do specific cases and find fraud and arrest people. But the less visible but often even more impactful part of corruption prevention is at the front end, when we can work with agencies like HRA to make sure that systems are in place and controls are in place to make sure that money doesn't end up either being stolen or misused before it ever happens. And in terms of you know, overall dollars and impact, although that's less visible, that particular partnership actually often has greater impact on city dollars and on people's lives. As part of our overall reforms of the agency, we've focused on centralizing certain processes, eliminating paper uh, processes, and making sure that computer programs are used. All of these are mechanisms to ensure greater oversight over our programs. And so our 
substantive reforms for the agency actually dovetailed directly with our partnership with DOI to make sure that as we made reforms, we could um, flag any potential variances that might occur. Given three million clients, uh, there are individualized needs that may uh, be different one case to the next. One size fits all doesn't necessarily work. However, what is important is we have systems in place to identify anomalies so that jointly with DOI, we can look at whether or not a particular case reflects client need or uh, nefarious conduct. And I think that the biggest success when we all look back on this a number of years from now is going to be the systems that got put in place to prevent fraud from ever happening in the first place. That's not the visible side of it, but it's probably going to be the biggest impact when all is said and done. I think the success that we've had in moving forward with reforms to benefit clients is directly related to the successful partnership that we've had with DOI, which has ensured the integrity of our programs going forward. And together, we've got eyes on our operations. Together, we have eyes in identifying problems that could arise. And together, we're addressing them. Uh, alone, we couldn't have done what we've been able to accomplish. Together, we're, we're much stronger. Bribery and corruption are a trap. If you witness municipal corruption, report it to DOI at 212-3-NYC-DOI or on our website at nyc gov doi To stay up to date on our latest episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes. To learn more about the Department of Investigation, visit us on the web, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitter at DOI News.